Hi, I'm Deborah Holshin. In this episode of Listen in Michigan, my guests are spouses and longtime business partners, Keith Orr and Martin Contreras. Prior to 1995, they'd been operating a gay-friendly Mexican restaurant in Carytown's Braun Court. But when they decided to convert it into Out Bar, the first full-time gay-owned gay bar in Ann Arbor, they changed the city forever. Until last year when they retired, the Michigan grads literally held court and supported the community by creating a safe and really fun haven for the LGBTQ community. Their fundraising expertise is a wonder to behold. Just ask Howard Dean. Their ability to organize rallies, memorials, and celebrations on the spot is a thing of legend. As community organizers, they have led by example, taking on legal and political battles that have literally changed lives. All good things must come to an end, though, and last year the couple retired and sold their interest in the business. Sadly, this month, those new owners announced they were closing the bar due to financial duress. This is not a story about the sale of the club, however, but rather a celebration of Orr and Contreras' legacy. So listen in as Keith Orr kicks us off, reminding us how important the safe space can be to a marginalized community. And I apologize in advance for the wonky Zoom audio and this intro I'm recording in my closet, but it's too good a story not to hear. So here's Keith. When I would talk about the importance of a safe space, you would start getting these looks like, oh, isn't that quaint? And here in Ann Arbor, it's like, yes, you know, you can go to Raven's Club and no one's going to bat an eye if you're walking in with your boyfriend. Yeah. But there's a difference between going to a place that's accepting and going to a place that's a safe space. And I was talking with somebody just the other day about coming out. Coming out is a stressful thing. Mm -hmm. And it's something all of us do all the time. Even in that gay-friendly place, you go in and there's a little bit of that stress. It may not be much, you know, here in Ann Arbor, but there is still the difference between going into a space where you are automatically recognized as who you are and your relationships are automatically recognized as what they are Mm -hmm. as opposed to having to come out to do that. But then, you know, after November of 2016, suddenly people realized, oh, the idea of a safe space isn't just quaint. We're having protection stripped right Mm -hmm. and left. Our community is once again under attack. In spite of the gaslighting of a president who says, oh, I'm the gay community's best friend. (laughs) No, no, you are not. So these safe spaces remain incredibly important to Mm -hmm. us. Have you seen, you know, how how things may have changed because you guys started this place 25 years ago? A few thoughts. It is very different. The umbrella has taken in and encompassed more people in terms of not just the the G and the L, you know, now it's mm-hmm. gay, lesbian, bisexual, trans, queer, allies. Keith and I, through the bookstore, have seen a lot of the change in terms of uh, youth. You know, we did, uh, after we closed the bookstore, we took it on the road and did nine pride festivals last summer. Oh, cool. <clears throat> and traveled around the state and even up to the UP. And we were seeing so many young people who are questioning their sexual orientation and, you know, buying the multitude of different flags that you can now buy and expression of the oneself with their parents in tow. And for me, that's like, 
wow, that's a big difference than, mm -hmm. than 25 years ago. Or even the, the ability to now get married legally mm -hmm. or to adopt children or have uh, surrogate moms. So that's a lot of change in that short amount of time. The feeling of pride in Ann Arbor is so different than the feeling of pride at UP Pride or Holland Pride. Um, you know, here is much more of a, you know, let's celebrate our pride with a party. And that's fine. I'm not, you know, saying that that's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But if you're in Holland, Michigan, in the midst of Michigan's Bible Belt, mm -hmm. or um, in a remote area in the UP, you don't see gay people all the time. Yeah. And you get together at Pride and this you can see this unadulterated joy yeah of these people it's like i am with my own uh, kind yeah and and i remember that so well from pride celebrations you know back in 1981 where universally that was the case and you know one of the reasons queer i think was is been so accepted is it's this nice umbrella mm -hmm. but you know you see at the pride festivals young people who are like happily taking on you know i'm pansexual i'm bisexual mm -hmm. i'm asexual and not just wearing one flag yeah. <laughs> it's a much more richer view of both gender and sexuality and I, it's, it'll be interesting to see what happens as, as these folks grow up. I read somewhere one of the pieces that um, I think it was Keith that you said the only other gay bar in town. It was it was painfully clear it was not owned by a gay person. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? The owner made a bartender take away a little collection jar for the HIV services and prevention organization saying AIDS is depressing, it will be bad for business. And obviously that was antithetical to the way we thought about things. Mm -hmm. um, and that was one of the reasons we felt Ann Arbor really needed a gay positive uh, place. You would mention specifically the AIDS epidemic in, mm -hmm. in one of your questions. All across the nation, gay bars were one of the places where fundraising was happening for AIDS organizations where education was happening, mm -hmm. where condoms were being distributed, um, even, you know, what was happening with members of your community. If you'd go into a bar in San Francisco, you know, there'd be a um, bulletin board in the back, which was listing off memorial services and, you know, sign up for um, being buddies to people who had HIV. And in Ann Arbor, we had none of that. You know, Ann Arbor is a very transient town. And if somebody stopped showing up uh, the flame, you literally did not know, did he move or is he dead? You know, when we opened, we definitely opened with a mission in mind. I mean, the name of the, the, name of the bar came about because we wanted something that was all encompassing mm -hmm. and was not, you know, specific to any one gender or any one theme. So amongst all of the couple hundred names we came up, mm -hmm. Outbars sort of seemed to speak to that philosophy. And, you know, even the pictures on the wall, we had equal num equal portrayals of men and women mm -hmm. um, and some uh, sort of gender fluid pictures on the wall as well from the day we opened. So we were, you know, trying to be really conscious about 
that everyone feel comfortable. Yeah. You know, in 1995, if you went to virtually any gay bar anywhere in the United States, it was often off of a off of a main street, which I mean, Brown Court is as well. But mm-hmm. um, in addition, oftentimes didn't have prominent signage. It did either did not have windows, or the windows were you know had curtains or mm-hmm. something in them, so you couldn't look in. So even you know in 1995, which historically isn't that long ago, yeah. it was still a pretty closeted environment terms of bars and we actually changed what the concept of a gay bar was we would have people coming in in those first couple of years from major metropolitan areas whether it's new york or la and say i wish we had a bar like this back home oh my god i've never seen a bad review of your food we did pretty well over the many years (laughs) i would tell people you know never really a bad review on food but you know, service, that's another situation. It, <laughs> it is Ann Arbor, and <laughs> you're sort of at the whim of all these students. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you're just such great role models, I guess, especially for younger people that were coming to school here and trying to find their place, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, one of the things we love to hear most are things like, oh, that bar meant so much to me. It was the first gay bar I went to. And I went in afraid and found a community. Mm-hmm. Or the, yes, my wife and I, or husband and I, met at the out bar. Now we've been married for 14 years or mm-hmm. whatever. You know, those types of things, when we hear those, it's like, that to us is success. And, you know, for them to come into a space that celebrates the life instead of Um, I was reading what you wrote on Facebook recently, Keith, about the Black Lives Matter movement and just how much the gay community identifies with the black community as far as police brutality and inequalities with health care and finding a safe space to be and all that kind of stuff. So can you talk a little bit about that? Pride is important, but, you know, let's keep in mind that pride started as a riot and it was a riot largely by people of color and by transgender folk at Stonewall. You know, this is part of our legacy. And so this month, given everything else that's going on, let's make sure that happy pride means happy pride and Black Lives Matter. I think Keith had stated it previously as, in pride, we stand with you. Yeah. That's nice. That's beautiful. You know, because so often pride becomes a, let's party and dance and, you know, uh, there's for us always a what's the political message because it mm-hmm. is a, a display of community and togetherness and moving forward. You're you're the hub for everyone, and you've got this re- self-imposed responsibility now. I mean, how did that feel, and and how did you manage that all these years? It did. It became the place where you know whether it was election night, or when marriage equality became the law oh. of the land, um, the place for mourning, as Martin mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, all of those things. Uh, revolved around that space. My friend Sydney, who I work with at um, Michigan News, said she and her husband came to the night that gay marriage was um, legal. And you guys, she goes, oh my God, it was the best party. It was so fun. <laughs> so, yeah, it she, was It was insane. <laughs> and you guys got married that day or that night, whatever? No, we had, we had actually gotten married earlier because okay. the first ruling 
on the DeBoer case at the uh, circuit level was in their favor. Oh, okay. And he did it without a stay. It was announced on a Friday night after five o'clock. I'm sure he did that deliberately (laughs) because it would be harder for the appellate court to issue a stay. Mm -hmm. So four counties in Michigan, um, the clerks opened their doors the next day on a Saturday so that people could marry. That's so cool. And 320 couples managed to get married before the door closed late in the afternoon when the stay did come down. Wow. You know, certainly, as I say, Martin and I did get married, mm-hmm. though we had we had to fight for that as well. I don't know if you remember, but Snyder's comment was, oh. yes, we recognized those were legal marriages when they happened, but we're not recognizing them. We were part of eight couples that sued on behalf of all the married couples to recognize our marriage in the state of Michigan, and they they sided with, with all the married couples. I mean, the outbar over its many years um, afforded us so many opportunities that we would never have had had we not decided to turn our Mexican restaurant into a gay bar and cafe. Mm-hmm. You know, and these are just you know personal things that that were personally rewarding or opportunities to uh, engage with people or mm-hmm. get involved politically or or you know travel. Um, it's a huge a huge chapter in Ann Arbor history. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I've taken a lot of reflection time. <laughs> We've more just sort of enjoyed the fact that, you know, we are retired. Yeah. <laughs> it is it is a lot of work to run either a bar or a restaurant or, a, we bookstore. Were doing, or yeah. a bookstore. And we were doing all of that along with all of the other mission-oriented work. Yeah. And we were, we were pretty exhausted by I'm the time sure. it came along. One of the people would ask me all the time, you know, well, what are you going to do in your retirement? <laughs> and, and one of the things I kept saying was, you know, studies have shown that you actually can't catch up on lost sleep, <laughs> but, but we're going to try. So, <laughs> Well, I sure hope, you know, something comes to to fill the space because the community needs it. You started something here that hopefully can be continued and and thrive and all that good stuff. So are you a little worried or are you optimistic? Like, oh, I I believe, you know, someone will step forward to fill the void. Um, And if we can be part of it to some extent, that would be lovely. Good. Um, even though we're out out to pasture. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hope springs eternal, so let's keep a good thought that Outbar will open again. You can find Listen in Michigan wherever you get your podcasts, as well as at michigantoday.umich.edu under the podcast tab. Okay, we'll see you next month, I hope. Till then, stay safe, stay healthy, and as always, go blue.